0: Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast, featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis, 2011, and Ryan.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and on Saturday, May 30th, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. Ryan,
0: what's going on? Uh it's it's good. It's a very sunny morning. Uh there are no clouds in the skies. It was downpouring yesterday. Yes. And after this, I am helping my dad move 14 yards of dirt, which is going to be a long day, but then after that I get Chinese food. So nice. I get some
1: reward. What's your order of choice when you get Chinese food?
0: Uh so, it's a local family restaurant and I think the husband actually grew up in China. Okay. Maybe. Um and I usually get sweet and sour chicken mm. with fried rice. Nice. Um, pepper steak is really good, but I don't know, something about that sweet and sour chicken just gets my, you know, Jimmy's going. Oh yeah, man, I love I the get jimmies. hot and bothered. Mm. And then I I've tried their um, what was it? Their spring rolls are really good. Oh yeah. It's got enough crunch, and it's I mean it's all homemade. You need the
1: balance of crunch and yeah, juices. it really is. It's yeah.
0: I'm a texture guy. Mm. Like I don't like I don't know cottage cheese. One, because it's
1: just, like, this slimy, like, placenta-y, like, what the
0: fuck are you actually eating? <laughs> what is cottage cheese?
1: I don't know, man. You throw some pineapple and pepper in there, it tastes pretty good, though. Uh, I think that's what a lizard person would say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, so, after this, I'm going to have a long day, but, yeah, and then also, like, I was, I was researching conspiracy theories last night, and then, like, I took a break, played some Smash with Zach, mm-hmm. and then I researched some more. And then I'm like, I can only deal with so much, like tin foil. Oh yeah, that I'm like, I'm starting to gain some like conductive. Well, you're getting corrupt,
1: you know. I mean, you were yeah.
0: Like, I'm I'm gonna start off with the most believable one that okay. has a lot of evidence, and I'm starting to like slowly believe. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So I ended up uh, watching. Like, a Tom Brady is the best documentary. What's
1: wrong with you? I think he he, he has a really good story. Tom Brady is, like, yeah. the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah,
0: it, it it was basically the Brady Six, I think, is the name of the documentary. Yeah, because so he's So, like, him being 199 six. was his draft choice, and then he was picked sixth uh, QB-wise.
1: And it goes through, like, wherever... Sixth, sixth round. I don't know if he was the sixth quarterback drafted in No, that. it was the...
0: I think he was... Yeah, it was sixth round, but yeah. I think there were. It goes through the other like five QBs that were picked before him
1: in the draft. Nobody's probably.
0: Yeah, they're like they're all retired, or like one dude he like didn't even talk to the documentary because he's now like a yoga exercise goat farmer in California. I was oh, like, geez. his career went far. Yeah, Los Angeles um, will do that to you. Yeah, so it was interesting. And then I I did some more conspiracy theories, and then I watched like what was it. Um, Michael Jordan.
1: You got like the taps over there. You're like tapping the table every. Time. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like okay. the more
0: taps, the more my brain works. Okay.
1: But then I, I was like, getting hyped up Morse from code like, over there, <laughs> just like din, 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 din. Ryan's brain just keeps working. Why well, I need to
0: talk to my Illuminati friends mm-hmm. through this? Okay. And um, then I took some melatonin because I was all amped up on some MJ. Oh yeah. And then um, you, I woke up at like 6:30 this morning, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I mean. I only took five milligrams of melatonin, but you get, like, a melatonin hangover. Like, you're somewhat groggy in the morning. Yeah. So now I I had a cup and a half of coffee. Nice. And now I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I'm just, like, fucking tapping tables and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: you're just banging it on, on, like, drums over there. But,
0: yeah, it's it's been a long week, and uh, we have a good episode coming up. How How are you, Rusty?
1: I'm doing really well. Yeah, it's been a fantastic week of gaming news. Uh, a lot of exciting things in the hor- near horizon, both games and conferences, that we had to look forward to. Yeah. And I would say I got the uh, the gaming itch back. You know, yeah, I... we've got some games coming out that are really getting me excited. And I talked last week about not getting Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, because I just felt like it was such a <laughs> gargantuan task of an RPG. I just didn't know if I wanted to climb that insurmountable mountain of gameplay. Yep. But... I succumbed to the madness of trophy hunting and getting Xenoblade Chronicles this week. So I, it was like the best of both worlds really. Yeah. I just accepted who I am as a person. <laughs> <laughs> just I went hardcore into my flaws. <laughs> I went I went to a mountain and talked to a monk and he just had dreams of psn trophies just, just accept yourself yeah i did it was really nice it was yeah. very therapeutic have you started seen it i haven't yet no so it arrived yesterday it wasn't even actually projected to come until tuesday of next week oh, but nice. amazon be amazon they delivered it yesterday thanks bezos yeah man gotta give that guy a high five and uh yeah so i'm really excited about it i've been listening to the soundtrack all week which is phenomenal such a good soundtrack I watched Happy Console Gamers review of it, which also kind of put me over the edge. Oh, cool. And I was talking to some people on Twitter as well, and they were just getting super amped up about it, talking about their experience playing the Wii game. And I was just like, I really missed out on my chance to, to play that game in its prime because that's when the, the YouTube gaming community was one, still thriving, and two, everyone was talking about it because it was such a big deal that Operation Rainfall finally passed and that game came to the West. So I figured I owed it to myself to get it, and also it was on sale for 50 bucks as opposed to 60 oh. on Amazon. So if I could get it for 10 bucks off, I was like, you know, in the next two months, really, uh, we have Last of Us Part Two, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, and I felt like those are going to be two games I'm going to be sinking my teeth in, but to kind of balance those really heavy story-driven experiences some grind. remains to be seen about Ghost of Tsushima from a story perspective, but I'm going to lose myself in that game. So, yeah, I figured easy grind game, Xenoblade. Lauren's uh, getting back to Dragon Quest XI, so her and I can put on a movie, grind it up with the RPGs. It's going to be good times.
0: Nice. I was debating getting that. Um, I've kind of, as you got out of your rut, I've kind of, with work picking up and being crazy, kind of got into a rut. Yeah. So I kind of switched. I, I totally forgot when we got asked the question what do you do in a gaming rut? I mean, since it's been, like, four months, and I, like, I got a four-month chip of being sober from Pokemon Ruby version. You did. And <laughs> I, I did, did go back. Take and take that away from
1: you, yeah, like, three or four days ago.
0: Yeah, and we, I think we were playing, um, what was it, Tomb Raider? Oh, yeah, uh, we gotta last, talk about that. Last Sunday, which mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Oh, gosh, game of the, the year. The best. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what spurred it, but I was playing that as we were, going. I was shiny hunting again. Mm-hmm. Um... And I
1: was looking for my. Sp- well, how does that make you feel, Ryan?
0: I was actually terrified and like depressed this week. Oh, geez. because of it. Oh, so okay. like, <laughs> yeah. How do you feel to ask that question? Now? Yeah. So like, the the thing is, and what kept the momentum going through that game? And sorry, listeners, I'm not to like ramble on. They're with this, us because Fast it's it's three and been like minutes. at least ten episodes. Cut the guy I've some slack. Back. Yeah. So, like, the momentum was behind this Twitch streamer, uh, Iskeen Trades. Mm -hmm. We're really good friends. Yeah, I mean, it's a very common name here in the U.S. And um, when I looked up, because it's been so long since I've Googled his Twitch, that sounds oddly sexual. (laughs) (laughs) And um, when I Googled his Twitch, I I did Iskeen. Mm -hmm. And it went to this, like, page with speedruns of some random bullshit game with five views. And I'm like, oh, no. Your source. Your dealer. (laughs) He was my dealer. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, right before I got off the drug train of Pokemon or shiny hunting, um, Nintendo had just banned Oslove, which is one of the main shiny, like, Wonder Trade Twitch streams. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what happens. Like, this is where my life goes to die. Like, my guy got banned. And, like, midway through the week, I think it was Thursday... I found that it's not Iskin, it's it's Trades. And I was like, dude, he's still going hard. <laughs> so like I jumped into Wonder Trading. I was just like, I have to finish it now before like I have enough shinies that I can like built up on my Ruby version that I'm fine for everything on Ruby version. Mm-hmm. But there's two specifically that are banned in Ruby version. Sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna have to keep my hands in my crotch. Yeah, it's so fine. like there are two specific there are two specific um, Pokemon that are in just Sun and Moon. Okay, because they're shiny locked in uh, Ruby version. So I'm like, I have to at least get those guys, and then I can like sell off my Sun and Moon, and like
1: I don't have to wonder trade anymore. Okay, so let's return to the Ixstein, Meinstein, Ramstein. <laughs> Is-, Is he like Isildur? <laughs> Is- Isildur, <laughs> Throw it in the fire. Is he um? Sorry, Ryan and I just have been like on the Lord of the Rings quoting kick for the last week. Uh, watch the movies, Nolan. I love you. Is yeah. this guy like in some random bunker in Moscow, just like oh for sure. cranking out like shiny Pokemon? Yeah, I,
0: okay. no. So like, what do you do? Is there's different cheat engines, and okay. you basically rig your entire every box to have a set number of shinies or thirty shinies. And he basically, once he goes through all the boxes and like wonder trades them out, he just resets and it automatically resets, um, all the Pokemon. So he has them back. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to finish that up at least sun and moon right now. Um, yeah, I think that's important. It is. To do in my life. Mm -hmm. I actually got to, which is crazy, 90% completion. Of the entire decks this week.
1: Oh, so not just the original 151. This yeah, is so everything.
0: I'm like 96.5% done with the original decks. I just have five more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, which the hardest one's going to be Scyther, because without an Everstone on a Scyther, he automatically, it should technically be an Evercoat or a, a metal coat to evolve into a scissor. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten, a, I found one shiny in my six years of shiny hunting. Um, but it, without even a metal coat, he evolved into scissor, which Uh-oh. is sad. okay. So, he's going to either have to have an Everstone to not evolve, or I'm going to have to breed one myself, mm-hmm. which is just a fuck ton of time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so 90% completion. I got one yesterday evening while I was watching some sports, which, the last time I watched sports, years. It's been a long time. Yeah, Wee um, league. I got one that I haven't seen ever Um in the six years that I've been shiny hunting. So that was a big thing for me and Mm -hmm. put me over that. I just exactly 90%. So I'm pretty happy. Um, besides that, I mean, we just played tomb Raider this week on Sunday. Yeah. I don't think I've done anything else. I had some, I had a conference with Japan. So like my sleep schedule has been kind of off. Okay. Um, so yeah, just trying to chill, figure out what I want to play. Um, whether I want to get Xenoblade. I think that would be a fun one to start until Last of Us 2. Did you read an article? Or the, did you see that like Last of Us 2 is being banned in certain countries?
1: Yeah. What's up with that? I don't really know the details because I've been kind of trying to go rogue for the most part on that game. Uh, we can kind of take a break here in games we've been playing recently. Uh, we can get to my games here in a second because it's a timely topic. So earlier this week, there was the Last of Us 2 or Part 2 State of Play from yeah. Sony, which... <laughs> seems to be overkill i kind of feel like we're in rise of skywalker uh ways of marketing right now where they just keep showing yeah. bits of the game here's where it's... the
0: climax of the story hope you hopefully enjoy it yeah
1: exactly without context yeah it, yeah it just kind of seems a little odd given that last of us kind of speaks for itself in terms of people desiring that game but yeah. i get it you know it's it's a weird time in the world right now um not a whole lot of people not a whole lot of publications are. Um, talking about game press just because there's not a whole lot going on in the industry. So it makes sense to kind of have last of Us part two stuff front and center. Uh, so I ended up watching the state of play, which largely showed more gameplay trailer stuff that we've already seen and then they had a bit in the beginning and I won't talk about it because I don't there, there could be people listening that don't want to know anything. Um, but Joel was kind of narrating the story thus far okay. so what happened in last of us part spoilers one
0: for all of one
1: yeah so it kind of talked about what happened at the end of one where that led the characters coming into two where those characters find themselves in the beginning of that game okay so that's kind of where that left off and then it kind of went into largely what this game's going to focus around character wise story wise but again it was very vague and ambiguous So they didn't hit it on like hone in on very specific plot points yeah and then they showed a mm, five-minute gameplay sequence of you playing as one of the characters, um, kind of going to this facility. And you, show, you saw some of the mechanics of stealth, uh, fighting, things of that nature, crafting, okay. um, stuff like that. So I watched that, and it was all fine and dandy. And then I was just getting text messages from a number of friends saying, can you believe all the hate about this? And Last of Us Two in general, not necessarily just the state of play. Yeah. And I was kind of baffled. I'm like, <clears throat> no, I'm I don't I don't I. because when Neil Druckmann posted, when Sony posted, Naughty Dog posted the trailer and stuff like that. I went on YouTube, I watched it, and I got out. Like I'm not reading the comments because yeah, comments are where you
0: see like hate. Like I'm hyped. Like I don't read comments because I think it's just a cesspool of toxicity. Well, while- in a nice way.
1: Well, and what but. you're also seeing, not only just the the hatred in the comments, but you're also seeing the spoilers that people have leaked already.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where probably it being banned in certain places, because Sony's trying to censor those leaks, to try to pull people back in and say, just play the game.
1: Well, I think it's, it's both that, but it's also just the brutality of this game. I mean, I don't think we've seen a game this violent and brutal since maybe God of War 3. I could be... Missing a few games and here and towards there. It's
0: humans, opposed to like rock people with like gooey insides. Yeah,
1: you're not just Kratos smashing Hercules or whoever's mm. head into like a stone wall. It's like, I mean, you've seen in some of the trailers thus far, like Ellie just stabbing these people mercilessly. And you see flesh like flying in the air. So it's
0: more Walking Dead kind of like brutality. Yeah. Some of that stuff you're like, Ugh, maybe I should not eat spaghetti after this or like some.
1: Yeah, food. it's pretty over the top. But I think it's also real in a certain sense because I feel like if if you were in Ellie's shoes or Joel's shoes and you've lost so much mm-hmm. and you were trying to seek vengeance or justice, yeah. you'd be ripping these people to shreds. I mean, imagine if like Lauren was taken or killed or whatever. I'm sure you'd be finding who fucking did that and just... Eating the holy hell out of them. Yeah, I'd, I'd eat a
0: person. Yeah,
1: exactly. So d- Boil them, the mash them, stick them in is, a
0: stew. Do video games cause violence?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here to talk about yeah. today. Here's my essay from high school. Mm, I did write an essay about that and uh, the correlation between gun violence in school shootings and video games mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll read that
1: on the podcast sometime.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an uplifting topic. Yeah,
1: especially in the current state of things. Yes. We're not going to get into that. I'm buying Last of Us Part 2, Day 1. Super pumped. If you haven't seen the state of play, um, I'd caution you because there is some kind of light spoiler spoilery things if you want to go into that experience completely blind, especially where the characters left off in 1 going into 2. Okay. So but,
0: then I guess with going back, what have you played this week?
1: Yes. So... Uh, as I talked about last week, I was really on the Madden hype train. So yeah. I also talked about last week how I was just destroying people like 90 to nothing because I was playing on rookie mode. Yeah. So I upped that to pro mode. Oh, hell yeah. So it's I think there's like four different levels of difficulty. So I'm on the second one now. I actually took um, – well, I played half of the season on rookie and I played the second half on pro. Okay. So I got to the Super Bowl last night. At 13, 1, and 1. So I won 13 games, lost 1, and tied 1. Actually, is it a
0: reasonable difficulty increase?
1: It is, especially if I've been playing rookie for two years now. Um, it's a good time. Yeah. I think it's a, a moderate shift because you could play rookie almost with your eyes closed. Yeah. Like, you could just...
0: Nine interceptions or whatever bullshit you got.
1: Yeah. Which, I'm proud of those because they were user picks. They weren't AI picks. Like, I actually controlled the DBs or the safeties in that instance. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I would say the pro is reasonably more challenging. Uh, like last night, I mean, I lost a game and I tied a game. So it goes to show you that I wasn't crushing these people. What's your
0: normal like scores for the ones that you won? It's not like 90 to zero. It
1: depends. It's like some games I won 20 to 17 other games. I was winning like 42 to 24, okay. uh, things of that nature. So they're definitely putting some points in the board. And they're stopping me from putting as many points on the board. That's good. So, in that sense, I think it it makes it a lot more fun because um, Ben Roethlisberger, I'm throwing picks. I'm fumbling the ball. Like, I'm making mistakes. They're breaking tackles and running 80 yards for a touchdown, uh, which shows my lack of Madden experience. I kind of suck. Like, if an experienced (laughs) Madden player played me, like Dean, uh, Irish Steeler on the Discord, he'd probably just wreck me. Uh, But I'm getting better. That's good. So... That's been fun times. Great direction yeah and the other game you kind of alluded to it or briefly hinted at it uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I think I've played the entire trilogy to this point and talked about each game on the podcast uh, just to kind of reiterate loved the first game. I thought it was an outstanding reimagining for Tomb Raider as a series but also humanizing Lara Croft mm-hmm. and telling a really good great origin story for her in that first game particularly. I thought they introduced a lot of great mechanics in terms of putting you in a semi-open world area, allowing you to go off the beaten path more so than uncharted and find these hidden tombs and challenge areas that you can solve these little moderate easy puzzles and you know collect artifacts and things of that nature. Yep. Crafting mechanics, um, hunting, like hunting animals and getting skins and things like that. Again, crafting your, your weapons to a certain degree. And just the stealth mechanics as a whole, I thought, were really well-introduced in that first game. And carrying over to the second game, I thought they built on all of those things in a meaningful way. I thought the story, it it, it was what it was. It was was fine. It was a fun, over-the-top, Uncharted-like experience. And coming into 3, because I remember playing Rise of the Tomb Raider and just shouting its praises on Twitter and I think on the podcast. And Dean, he actually warned me and said... Shadow of the Tomb Raider is hot garbage. So obviously I had my reservations going into the game. I figured I'd get more of what I got from the first two games, but also I just didn't really know what to expect. And I think the the game's greatest fault is that it tries to do so many different things. It tries to be the jack of all trades instead of just kind of focusing and honing in on what makes the game fun in in the first one, the first entry. And for that, I it just kind of was like a jumbled mess. I felt like every five steps, there was like 12 different collectibles that I could grab. And and if you press start and you, you look at the map, each kind of sub zone has like 12 or 15 different sets of collectibles that you have to yeah. max out to get everything. And, and some
0: of them are like 30 of each.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of overwhelming, especially for someone like me that loves collect-a-thon type games, but... It kind of reminded me of Donkey Kong sixty four that like, there's just a million collectibles if you want to max everything out. So that was kind of overwhelming in that sense. And from a story perspective, like the Uncharted games, I love the story. I played those yeah. games largely because of its characters and story. And similarly, like I wanted to play the Tomb Raider games to figure out what was going on, what were Lara Croft's motivations uh, for becoming this this Tomb Raider person, kind of following in her father's footsteps. And from what I can recall, I think the story of Lara Croft is largely the same in terms of her dad kind of just spiraled into absolute madness, wanting to collect these different artifacts and explore these different tombs. And Lara kind of spends most of her adult life or young adult life figuring out what happened to him. You kind of figure out what happens. I would say you absolutely find out what happens to her father in this game. Yeah. But, you know, you were... um you were share playing with me, and at some certain points of the game, you were watching me play in person. And there's a certain section of the game, I would say, about eighty percent through. Yeah. And you you come off this, you know, exploring this this tomb area. You get a couple artifacts. You kill a couple dudes. You actually kill these psychotic zombie things. You get out of this place, and your buddy Jonah. He's kind of been your side ca- sidekick from the first game. And all of a sudden, there's just, like, meteors falling out of the sky, and it's, like, the end of the world for the next two hours.
0: Yeah, because I don't think he had anything different than what he got at the beginning of the game. Like, it was all spurred on by this, like, dagger that she was just chilling with that was, like, an apocalyptic weapon. Mm -hmm. But, like, the way that they presented it at the beginning is he needed a box or he needed, like, a snake figurine or whatever to activate it. And I don't remember... Any place in the story where he had more than just the dagger. So in theory, I mean, he he did cause a flood at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But like in theory, he could have just ended the world to begin with. Instead of us going through like a 15, 20 hour game, he could have just like caused meteors at the beginning, which is kind of confusing from like a story standpoint. What was his, He he did a bunch of like human sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, let's just throw some meteors. Like, I I ordered food on DoorDash, and it arrived, and when I got back to my couch with the DoorDash food, it went from, it's dark outside, let's rescue our friend, who got captured, to, holy shit, the world's on fire, there's meteors everywhere, and I'm like, what? I missed a lot, apparently, in my walk from my couch to the door and back.
1: Yeah, and I would say that the the final boss battle and what kind of transpires there it it came out of like a b-movie sci-fi film that you'd watch on a saturday morning yeah and and how that unfolds what happens the screen fades to black and then everything's like magically okay like it doesn't make any sense i'm not going to go into the details all i'll say the last 30 minutes of that game nonsensical didn't make a lick of sense uh overall was the game worth playing absolutely i thought the trilogy as a whole was really good times if you're focusing on just if you love puzzles, you love exploring, then you're going to love this game. If you are looking for a very cohesive um, story...
0: Yeah, between all three.
1: Yeah, I, you're not going to find that here.
0: Yeah, I, I think... I mean, some of the puzzles we had to look up. Because that one where we had to like raise the water. We're like, what the hell is actually going on? Oh, yeah. But, like, the thing that I... I mean, I only watched one of these games, and that's my impression, which is probably my fault. I mean, graphically, I liked the tombs. They're interesting. They're different, more or less. Um, but the thing that I love about Uncharted was it kind of starts out the same way that he, uh, Nathan Drake, not to go back to Uncharted in every podcast that we do, yeah. but it's, they're amazing games. It starts out with, hey, my ancestors were... Um, tomb raiders are essentially like treasure hunters similar to tomb raider Mm -hmm. and that's the first game understanding his i don't know some distant relative of his and then after that it's developing nathan and the surrounding characters past the point of his relationships i guess four kind of goes into him as a child a little bit yeah but like it's more about developing nathan opposed to what happened to the father and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that it's like I, pushing the characters forward opposed to let's constantly be going back to understand.
1: Yeah. And I think I'll just go back to what I said in the beginning. I think shadow of the tomb Raider especially just tries to do too much for too many people as opposed to just focusing on what makes the game great, which I think is, is largely um, smaller environments that reward you for going off the beaten path and finding these hidden tombs. Yeah. And this game was just way too open world and, introduced way too many collectibles and the story was just crazy
0: you can speak to this and um for collectibles in uncharted is it like 60 or so in the entire game because i think that's what it is in the first one
1: yeah so it varies and i think that's why tomb raider was so frustrating to me because i don't know if it was like hey uncharted we're gonna one-up you instead of just collecting 60 treasures. You're going to collect 60 artifacts, 60 intels, 60 reports, 60 notebooks, and all this stuff that it's just like, what? how am I supposed to keep track of all this? And how is it supposed to be meaningful and rewarding when I find it?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, looking at how Spider-Man, the new one, does it, you have about 20 of each. You have, like, I mean, even probably like 30 or 40 backpacks. You have camera locations that you have to take a picture of. But like you get meaningful rewards for doing that,
1: and they're fun to collect.
0: Yeah, like swinging by, getting off a rope, and free falling while taking a picture, and then swinging again was
1: probably the most fun I it's had. It seamlessly game. blended yeah. into the game, and this was just shoehorned, and that's the problem. Yeah. But enough about Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Ryan, because... It doesn't deserve our time. It does not. No, it, it deserves your time. I think the first two games... Because
0: <laughs> your time's worthless. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I, I think... No, I'm speaking to you directly. I think you should oh, okay. really play... Well, even the listeners should play the first two games. Uh, They're really, really good fun. And if you like the Encharted games, I think you'll get enjoyment out of those. Okay. But something happened this week. Really, it was like two days ago, I think. There's been rumors all week about the PlayStation 5 when we're going to get more details about the console itself, when yeah. we're going to get more details about the launch titles. This week, CEO and president of Sony came out and said that next week, we are going to find out about the future of gaming. That's how this conference is being advertised. June 4th, next Thursday, I think it's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Okay. We are going to find out more about this console. Now, I have a couple articles pulled up about what we can expect some excite me some kind of uh I don't want to say they're they're frustrating but I think you know what we've been talking about largely is we want to, we want to have backwards compatibility with this console yeah I don't think we're gonna have that I don't think it's gonna be a focus with this console this is an article from the verge um, what's his name Jim Ryan Jim Ryan president and CEO of Sony oh cool he says, We've always said that we believe in generations. We believe that when you go to the all, when you go to all the trouble of creating a next-gen console, that it should include features and benefits that the previous generations do not include, and that, in our view, people should make games that can make the most of those features. We do believe in generations, and whether it's the DualSense controller, whether it's the 3D audio, whether it's the multiple ways that the SSD can be used, we are thinking that it's time to give the PlayStation community something new, something different that can really only be enjoyed on PS5. And this article's, you know, like a million uh, pages long. I'm not going to go into all the details, but if you do dissect it a bit, he goes into backwards compatibility not necessarily being a focus. What he is saying is that as of July something rather... Yeah, it was like 15th. Games need to be forward compatibility on PS5. Yeah. So what that means, I assume, is that you can put... Go to Tsushima, as an example, and your PS5 console, and it'll work.
0: That, and it has to use the features of the PS5. Yeah. So, like, whatever the new controller shit is, or, like, whatever... I don't know. their specs. Um, But, like, it it needs to be able to use the PS5's specific features that are not common to uh, PS4.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, that excites me. Um, It's
0: crazy to see the drastic marketing differences... Between Xbox, which is all about, hey, we're going to, if you buy PS4 stuff, it'll be on PS5 and we'll give it to you for free, opposed to Sony's, like, we sold 100 million PS4s.
1: You said Microsoft, you mean? Because you were saying it's PS. Yeah, you meant Xbox One, Series
0: X. It's crazy how they're different. Like, it's, yeah, on Xbox, it's going to be, hey, it's going to be common. You can buy stuff on four, we'll give it to you on five. No incentive. And then Sony's just like, yeah, we're awesome. Like, PS5's our focus. If you want PS5 stuff, come to PS5. Like, I know there's a giant
1: library on PS4, but, like, next-gen, bro. Two things. One, I absolutely applaud Xbox always having a focus on backwards compatibility. From the 360 to the Xbox One and now the Series X. They're focusing on their um their user base to be able to play previous console games. I think that's outstanding. Honestly, I'm really jealous. Yeah. But, I think also, Sony is kind of throwing the Nintendo card where it's like, hey, we know people are going to buy this console to play our games. We know everyone wants to experience Horizon 2, Spider-Man 2, The Next God of War, Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, whatever the next property is, people want to play those games. And so, I think that's kind of why they're saying like, listen, we've sold over 100 million PS4s this generation, and we didn't have any backwards compatibility with PS3, 2, or 1. Mm-hmm. That didn't stop people from buying onto our console. And in fact, we're destroying the console market game between really both consoles. I mean, the Switch is selling like gangbusters right now. Yeah, But, I th- again, people want to play PlayStation games regardless of that backwards compatibility component, which su- which sucks for people like us. But, if there's enough there... We're gonna buy in.
0: Yeah, I think it was it was Logan in the Discord this morning mentioned PS Now, which I didn't even like. I've seen it in my the PlayStation Store, but I never actually looked into it. And I didn't realize how many games were actually on there. There's like 800 plus games going back to PS2, PS3. It just sucks that we have to pay for that compatibility. Mm-hmm. For it was I think it was like ten bucks a month or like sixty bucks a year. Okay. But like, there are a decent amount of games. Like you have all the God of War, but I think those were all released on PS, PlayStation Plus, like monthly stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'd rather have backwards compatibility, but they definitely cornered the market, and they have the ability to make that. Hey, we're definitively saying this. Yeah, and it, I respect that, like completely. <laughs> yeah, from a business standpoint, I mean, you have to differentiate, and if you're leading the market you have the
1: ability to make that ballsy move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot to talk about here. Uh, mostly just the hype leading up to this conference next week. But also, there was a leak of 38 games that are potentially coming to PlayStation 5 that these look like actual screenshots from an official PlayStation magazine. So these this, I'm assuming this magazine will be coming out here in the next few months. But this, these two screenshots actually have... They categorize these games into... Expected release key. So I assume from the date of launch, whether it's 12 plus months from launch 6 to 12 or launch window So let me go through the launch window games first So launch window for PS5. They're saying Assassin's Creed Valhalla dirt 5 FIFA 21 Godfall which is an exclusive to PS5 this colorful souls came out of nowhere to become everyone's day one game I think it was shown in E3 last year. Madden 21, NHL 21, Observer System Redux, which the Polish horror specialist is remaking its classic cyberpunk detective adventure in 4K at 60 frames per second. Outsiders, which is a co-op sci-fi fantasy shooter, delivers on spectacle, and the developer knows how to deliver a solid blast. We also have Quantum Error, which they... Explained is Doom meets Control in this dimension-breaking first-person shooter that could be a surprise shot of fun. This indie dev is ambitious. Also, Rainbow Six Siege, so I'm assuming they're kind of going to release the definitive version of that with all DLC. Redo Enhanced Edition, which is pixel art on your new PS5. Hardly why you're going next-gen, but this post-apocalypse Metroidvania has proved popular. And let me go back to page itself because there's two screenshots here I had to zoom in because these these screenshots are tiny are there any other ones ultimate fighting simulator 2 is expected on the near launch window warframe and wrc9 um, which looks like another shooter now Ryan we get in any of those excite you for launch window like would you buy day one if if that was the launch lineup
0: no probably not um, that one souls like I looked into that one um, it is very colorful. Um, I would be curious about that. Um, Assassin's Creed, I don't know. I would definitely not buy a console for Assassin's Creed, especially if it's not running at like 60 frames. Yeah. Um, and I also want to see gameplay. But I think that the marketing rights are purely through Microsoft on that one. So we'll, we'll see. I don't think we're going to see anything on Assassin's Creed this time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm going to um, put this screenshot on the second screen here. Okay, so... These games are six to twelve months out from launch, so we have Chorus, which plays as an you play as an ex-cultist Nara and a Sentinel's AI starfighter in this epic story-driven shooter, promising 4K at 60 frames per second. Signy, all guns blazing. So this says satisfying your itch for Resogun-style action on PS5. This twin-stick shooter comes from the former Pixar artists, or from former Pixar artists. That could be interesting. Uh-oh. Dauntless, Dying Light 2, Gods and Monsters, which is a Assassin's Creed Odyssey team, spins its know- uh, know-how into a colorful open-world action-adventure in ancient Greece. Microman, interesting name, it says this indie shrinks you to the size of a small mouse and throws you into a world of wildfire. Can you survive? Moonray, comic artist Grim Wilkins is designing this surreal Soulsborne. Interesting. Path of Exile 2 Rainbow Six Quarantine which I believe is the spinoff of Rainbow Six for like zombies or something like that and then we also have Scarlet Nexus I don't know I feel like I've heard of that before psychic powers like telekinesis add a novel twist to combat in this anime RPG oh the Lord of the Rings Golem game is expected 6 to 12 months after launch that game looks ridiculous
0: super pumped for that yeah
1: Vampire, The Masquerade, Bloodlines 2. I think that's something that's up my alley. And then Watchdogs, Legions. So, potentially a year after launch, I still feel like there's nothing that's really getting me to buy. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree if that's the
0: list. Um, there was one, I think it was Lana Pierce from IGN, basically was talking to people um, in Sony and it was saying that this date has been pushed back a few times by upper management at Sony mm-hmm. um, over the last couple months, and they basically just want a giant reveal. So, like, it wasn't big enough, and it was kind of pissing off, like, the indie developers because they have to move all their stuff. Yeah. But they, they're going for, like, a huge reveal with, like, minimal fluff. Okay. But, like, what is kind of expected um, or hypothesized, theorized... Um, is based off the PS Plus games this month, which are the Call of Duty World War II, I think it is, or something like that. Yep, Call of Duty World and War II, and then uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're thinking that they're gonna release trailers for the new Call of Duty, which I move mean, get one every year, so like cool
1: beans. Yeah, and then a new the new Star Wars game.
0: Oh, okay. So that's what they're
1: thinking, because there is a Star Wars game in development. I'm always game for more Star Wars games. We have a couple more games twelve plus months out. And I think this begins to get me a little more excited, but still um isn't living up to the rumor mill of Horizon 2's Demon Souls remakes and things of that nature. Yeah, I don't
0: think they would release that in a Sony magazine though. I think that's all about trailers and like Probably. hype train visually.
1: Yeah. So 12 plus months out, we have a Rat's Quest, The Way Back Home. Experience our world as a rat in this narrative-focused <laughs> platformer adventure.
0: Cooks food Stuart, at
1: Stuart Little's grubby cousin. I mean, I'm, I'm always there for 3D platformers. <laughs> Battlefield 6, Dragon Age 4. This really interests me, actually. Gothic Remake, which was an old-school, third-person fantasy RPG, very much in the vein of your Dragon Ages and Skyrims. I actually have it on Steam, but I haven't played it. I have all three. It's just called Gothic? Gothic, yeah. So a next-gen remake of an aging PC role player that has a whiff of The Witcher about its premise and gameplay. Yeah, interesting. The Witcher is probably the more apt comparison there. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Nth to the Zero Degree Infinity Reborn. Sounds like who, who- names this? Shit? <laughs> this alternative universe dimension hopping RPG promises realistic sword play that is ne- has no health bars. All right. Psy Hotel. Run a hotel and kill off your unsavory guests. But don't forget, <laughs> you still need to keep the nice guests happy. All right. And then more. Um, what? What is this? Okay, we have Sniper Elite 5. No one cares about that. Soulborn, explore Midgar as your leisure in this open world RPG by Pixel Mad Studios. I've never even heard of them. And then of course Starfield and The Elder Scrolls 6. So a, a, an interesting list. It's it's not uh, a cause me to go out and buy a PS5 list. No. I think that's pretty lame. And honestly, the way they're hyping up this reveal next week, there's no way they're going to be showing some of those games for launch. No, like Dirt 5, Madden 21, FIFA, NHL Like I understand the audience for those games but that's not hyping people up to buy next gen
0: yeah that's just an expectation mm-hmm. at this point we're going to pay too much for FIFA cards which is crazy we're going to buy a Madden game um, Assassin's Creed is kind of expected or Call of Duty at this point but yeah we need some hype games and I think this is the platform to do it. Yeah. It's Sony's E3 without fluff.
1: Well, Ryan, I don't I need have... to
0: build character relations with these presenters. I just want to see games and gameplay.
1: Yeah, well that's why it was so weird when Mark Cerny came out and was talking about the um the specs of the console and what it could do with the DualSense and everything, mm-hmm. which the guy's brilliant, don't get me wrong. But if we're for for marketing purposes, if we're trying to get people excited about buying into next gen, Listen, Albert Einstein was a brilliant man, but I wouldn't have him on the forefront of PlayStation 5 saying, sell this console to already existing PlayStation owners and people that aren't don't already own a PlayStation 4. I mean, he, he seems like
0: a pretty wacky guy. I mean, there's that picture of him with like the crazy hair and his tongue out. Maybe he's the like, wrong. I could
1: see him marketing Horizon. Maybe he's the wrong comparison to Mark Cerny. But you know what yeah. I'm getting at here? Yeah. Like Elon Musk. Get him out and talk about PS5. (laughs) You might as well, all right? Yeah, or like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. He's so enthusiastic about black holes. Yeah, get him to talk about the PS5. Yeah. All right, Ryan, this came out on Twitter as well, and I think this is just going to get us more hyped up for the potential of PS5, even though our dreams will never be lived out. (laughs) This says... We have dreams that will be crushed. (laughs) Yes. After reading this, we probably will. So we can only choose two pills. Okay. All right? There's... One, there's eight of these, Okay. but I'm going to suggest we read the first four, and we have to choose one from there, and then I'll read the back half, and we have to choose one of those. Okay. Sound fair? That's more manageable. All right, so the first one. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is a PS5 launch title. Two, Uncharted 5, where you play as Cassie, Nathan Drake's daughter. Three, the Ape Escape games are remade with as much care as Crash and Spyro got. Four... God of War 2 with the story revolving around Egyptian gods. Those are the first four. You can only choose one of those. Horizon.
0: Horizon at launch? Yeah, because Egyptian gods would be the next trilogy opposed to sequel. I mean.
1: Let's not get into the story of God of War because I haven't played it yet. Yeah,
0: that's. The way it ends leaves off on a still Norse projection. Okay. So, like. Originally when they're coming up with, not to go into history, but like originally when they're coming up with God of War 4, they were looking at Egyptian gods um, in some of the interviews with whatever his name is, and um, they went with Norse, and I think that's what they're focusing on for this trilogy. Okay. But I think that would be an awesome next trilogy. Yeah, no, I think it like, sounds Ra good. and Horus and all that, those fun people. but Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, definitely Horizon.
1: I think I'd agree with you because as much as I want more Uncharted with Nathan Drake's daughter, I think that'll happen, but I think that's more of like the middle of PlayStation 5's life cycle, maybe 2023, 2024, something like that, Uh, three or four years into the life cycle of the console. I feel like that's a healthy return to that series.
0: Yeah, and I want that one well thought out because you're starting a new... I mean, we have four games with one beloved character, Mm -hmm. and I want that shift in the main character i mean you said the um spin-off game was really good uh for uncharted but yeah like, Lost legacy is amazing yeah but i would want she seemed kind of sassy the the daughter but like i would want her character somewhat developed and the more time they take the better i'd assume that would be more thought out
1: yeah and i think that if they did end up creating a game revolt centered around her I think they could have, similar to what they did with Nathan, or um, Uncharted 4, where the first two or three chapters is kind of her youth, her upbringing, those formative years where she's probably still interacting with Sully as kind of a grandfather-like character, and then obviously Nathan and Elena as her her parents, and then maybe flash-forwarding to when she's more of Nadine and Chloe's age, where she's an adult, and then maybe Nate's playing the Sully character. That would be awesome. I think that would be really awesome.
0: Yeah. And hopefully Sully is still like in a nursing home just like harassing people. <laughs> <laughs> I hope but so. like hitting people with canes. Yeah. But like Yeah, I, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. That'd be a cool sidekick.
1: Okay, so Horizon Two at launch. This the second batch here is interesting. Um so number five, Spider Man two with Miles Morales in the lead role. Six, Last of Us Part Two DLC, where you play as Anna. Ellie's mother 7 PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale reboot except it has as much care as Smash Ultimate or 8 Jack and Daxter 4 featuring a, gig- a gig- gosh I can't talk featuring a gigantic open world near the size of GTA 5's open world
0: What was the first one again?
1: Spider-Man 2 with Miles Morales as the lead character <sighs> See the only reason why I struggle with that is because i'm so invested in mj and peter's story
0: and like we got
1: some of his story in the first one yeah
0: like i like how they switched off
1: like i think i would be totally fine with miles taking the lead role as long as similar to what we saw with miles story playing out in spider-man one it was kind of reversed we still saw peter and mj dude i'd go all stars Yeah, no, I I think that's kind of what I was leading towards too, because DLC playing as Ellie's mother doesn't sound a whole... Sound very interesting at all. I think... She dies. I don't know what happens to her mom. I don't remember it being... I don't remember her mom even being in there. If it was, it was probably Ellie quickly rattling off, like, this is what happened to my mom when everything broke out. Because you meet
0: Ellie, and she's under the care of, like, someone in a butterfly... Like, the butterflies. Yeah, fireflies. Fireflies. Mm -hmm. So you never even see your mom. So I'm like,
1: hey pre-zombies like let's go shopping and like yeah and i'm not sure what become an accountant what would be the best dlc for two because obviously i haven't played the game but i loved left behind in the first games dlc because you kind of went back to play ellie as a younger girl Mm -hmm. um and you just found more about her character and her motivations that led into you saw kind of why she was so kind of uh torn in the first game yeah Like when when Joel finds her.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much that would add to the story. I would definitely say All-Stars. I think so, too. That was a fun game to play. It definitely wasn't as well thought out. But, I mean, you have interesting characters. You have, like, Killzone and um, Kratos and that kind of stuff.
1: Fun characters to use. And I think just since the last game's release, we've talked about this a dozen times. There's so many more characters they could add to it. The last one, Jack and Daxter 4, people are probably saying, Rusty, you love 3D platformers. You love Jack and Daxter. You love Naughty Dog. Yes, to all of those things. However, similar to um, the Tomb Raider games and how with each subsequent entry, they just got bigger and grander on scale. Jack and Daxter did the same thing. And I think that was to those games' detriment. Mm. Replaying some of Jack and Daxter 2, it's actually really, really fun because, yes, it's open world, but when you go to each mission, it's kind of this condensed, confined area with a focus on platforming. Okay. However, Jack and Daxter 4 saying, hey, we're going to broaden the scale to be the size of GTA 5, that gets me less excited about it. If they said, hey, we're going back to the roots of 1, where it's a very, it's a focus on just 3D platforming, kind of bare bones, then I'd say that's my answer. But because they're just going to make it bigger, that to me, that's not better. Yeah. So I'd go with PlayStation Battle Royale. Nice. For sure. But... Yeah, I mean, I think next week Ryan and I definitely have an agenda already set in stone with whatever ends up transpiring with the PlayStation 5 conference. Yeah. I have a lot of excitement. I'm not going in expecting to see Spider-Man 2 or Horizon 2. Um, Honestly, I think anything at this point is going to be exciting just because we've been so hyped up and Sony's been so tight-lipped on details yeah and i think
0: they've learned from microsoft and they'll definitely show some gameplay Mm -hmm. i mean especially delaying maybe three or four months from launch yeah and you're gonna have at least the launch titles and if they have some bombshell announcement to drop at the end with gameplay i mean really it's not that hard to raise the bar from microsoft at this point just based off the original showing not to shit on microsoft but like their marketing sucked. So, like, they have to come back. I think they even admitted they're like, yeah, we kind of dropped the ball.
1: No, I don't think it was that they dropped the ball. I think they they pitched it as saying this is kind of an appetizer to what we're go- going to show here in the summer months. I don't think what they've shown this far was meant to be a bombshell. I think, as I mentioned in the previous episodes, it was meant to be an appetizer to kind of satiate the appetites with the drought of gaming news right now. And, hey, we'll come back in July or June and show you Halo 6 and everything else we're working on right now for launch.
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah, that was to their detriment for sure. Like, I would much rather have, like, a here's the entire entree, and like, we'll give you your dessert up front with like a beer so that you're full enough so that we can slowly leak in some like f- third and fourth. Well, courses. I would just encourage you to quit I your job today if you're and like. Submit your <laughs> resume you <laughs> to,
1: you know, yeah. Xbox HR. Oh, I can. Mm-hmm. I, I will. But yeah, I like think returning
0: getting more food
1: related. Sure, yeah, <laughs> returning to the name of this conference next week, the future of gaming, it leads me to believe that they're going to have a strong focus on the DualSense controller yeah. and really what it's capable of and why it's going to enhance the immersion and gaming experience. And I think that might be what I'm most excited about because that means they're not just going to show Madden and NHL and FIFA. Don't get me wrong, I want to get Madden on next gen and probably FIFA in all seriousness however if you really want to showcase the beauty of this console the beauty of game immersion i feel like you'd need a game like horizon 2 to showcase that gameplay yeah or just something where you're kind of like exploring fields of grass just to hear the birds chirping and again just going back to that sense of immersion and then touting this as the future of gaming when i think about that i think about the DualSense controller and what it's capable of
0: yeah, that'll be interesting to see what the, how they market that. Um, I know in
1: Disney World,
0: and this is kind of somewhat related, they have like four D screenings where they like shoot water at you or they like kind of immerse you. Yeah. Um, I mean your controller's obviously not gonna shoot water
1: it's at like you. It's like a water gun, like swimming. before you insert the disc, make sure you <laughs> put a pint of water in the like back right of your controller.
0: High. Or like electrocute you if you get hit by like a di- electric dinosaur in horizon. Um. yeah it'll be interesting I mean that one game that like you put headphones on and it's all surround sound and stuff it'll be Helpful. curious yeah. how you they incorporate some of that type of
1: style into a controller yeah you know? it's in
0: your hands opposed to around your head mm-hmm. but I think they're gonna I'm guessing they're going to do, release this like headset that's going to correlate with the controller itself. Oh, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, for sure. We, we have specifically made this for this.
1: Oh, yeah. Some proprietary product that you can't get anywhere else. It's like yeah, $400. For like, yeah, at
0: least $400. <laughs> it's more than the console.
1: Yeah. You know, something interesting, though. Gold-plated. Um, and I don't want to go off to the beaten path here because I want to get to the main topic of the show here. But I was listening to, which is always a good listen, I encourage people to do so, is um, one, the Joe Rogan experience, but specifically the episode with Elon Musk. And what they were talking about, obviously, is AI corrupting and taking over the world. I love it. But an interesting thing that Joe Rogan kind of brought up and the comparison he made I thought was fascinating. Think back in the late 90s, early 2000s, what a cell phone was. It was this monstrosity of a device that was as large as like this water bottle here. Mm-hmm. Or like your shoe. It was stupid. And now we pride ourselves in these small, slick devices that are more powerful than most computers. Yep. Right? And that's just in the span of like 15 to 20 years. So you look at Oculus Rift, HV5 or whatever the heck it's called, or PlayStation VR. That really uncomfortable looking headset now. PlayStation VR... These Oculus Rift VR-type devices are being created in the last, what, 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. So imagine 15 to 20 years from now. Um, Have you ever seen Ready
0: Player One? Like, that's exactly what's going to happen. Columbus, Ohio is going to turn into this giant, like, trailer park, like, stacked on top of each other. Everyone's just going to be hooked in. Like, they're going to be jumping out of windows. And it's going to be a bullshit plot with
1: everyone not knowing how to say dialogue. Could be. It was a great video is what I <laughs> Well what Elon Musk was saying is that because Joe Rogan presented that to him and yeah. you know Elon Musk was sitting there drinking his whiskey and said AR When 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 VR headsets are like that, it'll be indistinguishable from reality.
0: But I, I think the thing we have to think about is we're already in a simulation.
1: We are, Ryan. This is a game. Someone's <laughs> clicking a mouse right now to talk. No, we're, I mean Tell that or we're a podcast. brain in
0: a vat. Like it, it, it really depends. I mean, we wouldn't understand. And like some people have some really undistinguishable, like some weird characteristics or like some weird movement, and
1: it's just a glitch mm-hmm. in the matrix. I'm gonna grab the tequila. and We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan. It's 10:30 in the morning. We're three shots tequila deep. Let's get into the main topic of the show. Last week, we kind of pitched the idea of you taking the reins and doing an episode about conspiracy theories. Yes. It was something that our friends over at Young Nostalgia have done already. They uh, talked about some really interesting ones, and uh, definitely go check them out. Please do on all your favorite podcasting platforms. But for this episode, I basically gave Ryan free reign to talk about whatever theories he wanted to. I have one of my own, but I will actually not be doing it in this episode because... This is going to be a two-parter. Okay, yeah. So you've brought to the table, it's my understanding, four conspiracy theories that are pretty well-known.
0: Yeah, I, I figured I'd, for this one, do the main kind of four. Okay. Um, There are a lot of, I mean, I spent like five or six hours actually going through videos and reading a bunch of shit. And a lot of them are don't have a lot of information. So I brought the ones that are like, That have a good amount of data to them and are most believable.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, please, enlighten us, Ryan. What Uh, is the first conspiracy theory? So,
0: I guess how I'm thinking of doing this is I I name the conspiracy and then we get your thoughts on it before we go into it and then I kind of give the background. Sure. And then we go through it. So, I I started with the most believable one first, which is lizard people around the world. (laughs) Gosh.
1: (laughs) So, what do you know about this and uh, what are your thoughts so I'm glad you brought this one to the table because um, it must have been well before the pandemic because I was at lunch at work uh, with a few of my coworkers, And for whatever reason, my buddy Winston said, yeah, my grandma, she's really on board with a lot of conspiracy theories. So we were talking through a few of them, and then he brought up the idea of lizard people. And to me, I was just baffled i was what are you talking about like l- lizard people like there's chameleons running around a- among us and he's like oh yeah there's a whole lot of information about out there that lends credence to the fact that lizard people are among us yeah that's all i know that people actually believe that there are lizards
0: yeah it kind of ties into the illuminati um kind of the illuminati for a quick overview is just this organization, New World Order, just taking over. People in high places are all connected somehow. Okay. And one of the theories is they're all li- lizard people. So this is kind of the way I see it, a subsect of the Illuminati. Okay. I'm like a branch of the Illuminati, like the executive branch, of the- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> almost like the legislative branch. Uh, so like as a gist, it's pretty self-explanatory. There are lizard people who kind of... Are camouflaged as humans. How that happens? There are multiple theories. Whether they drink their blood or they like eat them, they shape shift into humans. But they're they're camouflaged and they slowly, like you can kind of pick up on who's a lizard person or not. Okay. So like, how lizard people came to be? There are a few, like three thought processes. They grew up here. They just they're in Earth and they slowly evolved with humans. They're from space or they from Earth they're from Earth, they went to space and then came back to Earth. Okay. <laughs> all of it, tons of evidence, just really giant, no. Okay. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Some crazy person. Yeah, so like the crazy person, which is is hilarious is David Ick was the first person, and he was actually a British soccer player and broadcaster who wrote this book, released in 1998, called The Biggest Secret. And in that book, he interviewed two people that claims that the British royal family and other powerful people are actually lizard people. (laughs) And it's crazy, like, I mean, seeing people after they get done with sports... I mean, you don't get many concussions unless you're doing a bunch of headers in soccer. Mm -hmm. But, like, how far do you have to fall from, like, hey, I played soccer professionally to, like, lizard people are real. Yeah. So, and then also claims that George W. Bush, Bill and Hillary Clinton, um, Henry Kissinger, and, like, Bob Hope are all lizard people. This is this hick guy that's... Yeah, this hick. Ick guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he. I'm mean, probably a hick, too. I don't know what British hicks are, but <laughs> I'm sure they exist. I'm sure British people think that. So, like, what they're responsible for are the JFK assassination, Princess Diana's death, and 9-11.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah, so they're everywhere causing everything, and we should be worried. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> so I'm so, trembling over here, but is this Ick guy, he's the one that started this movement of lizard people?
0: Yeah, that's kind of the first documentation of this idea that I think... I think the first... From what I saw, yeah, the sure, first documentation sure. of Lizards. So,
1: what does he subscribe to? Does he think that uh, they came from space? Or does he think they evolved with us?
0: Um, I didn't write this down, but there's, like... It was, like, Venus. There's, like, some evolving, like, human hybrids. And I was like, that's way too <laughs> bullshit. Jeez. Like, they came to Earth after they, like, spliced. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like,
1: so, like... I'm just going with the generalization that there are three schools of thought. Um, Yeah, so. Okay, did you read into why this person thinks that, one, any of those people you categorize as lizard people are lizard people, and then two, how he thinks that they caused 9-11 and the JFK assassination?
0: There's no evidence. It's just because the powerful people are all kind of connected. And so the evidence that, the main evidence that they have is a lot of these high ranking officials and people in power are distantly related. Okay. Let me prove this to you. So I I was curious after I read this first one. Obama is actually related to George Bush. Of course he is. Yeah, they're 11th cousins. Uh-huh. Like from the 1700s. I read He's, that in the textbook he, once. He, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think it was out of history class, but I saw it yeah. on Wikipedia. So he's also related to Gerald Ford, Linda B. Johnson, Harry Truman, James Madison, and Winston Churchill. Oh, Obama my. is. Of course. Yeah. And I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> there's no way. Googled it, Ancestry.com, actually did, like, a study on Obama, and it is true.
1: Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, there are lizard people everywhere. <laughs> Wait, he's, he's,
0: uh... he's, they're, like, 10th and 11th cousins. Okay. To these people, which I mean, if you go back, it's just crazy that they would be related. Um, Even I mean, that it's only a couple generations, like five or six generations, were the people to get that far of distant cousins.
1: Uh, Fun fact: I'm actually distantly related to George Washington's sister. Oh, yeah. Okay. My uh, my dad's sister-in-law is very big on going back and doing the ancestral like tree things. Um, and yeah, turns out I'm related to, uh, whatever George Washington's sister's name is. Cool. I'm Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I'm, I came back a second time. It's nice to meet you. So there are other fe- There are another couple more examples. So, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt is related to 11 other presidents. So he's related to James Madison, John Adams, John Quincy Adams. I always forget that there's two Adams. Um, Van Buren, Harrison, Taylor, Grant, other Harrison, Taft, and other Roosevelt.
1: So are you saying that all of these presidents were lizard people?
0: Yeah, because they're all related. And it's just, it's crazy that they're all, um, the people in power who are running our country are distantly related. Okay. They have to be lizard people. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, they probably came from the same batch of eggs.
1: Well, that's what I was wondering. So, when they, I don't know, make babies, do they just have, like, a whole <laughs> nest of eggs that just, like, a bunch of I, I presidents
0: think, come popping out? Yeah, I mean, like, lizards lay multiple eggs at once. So, like, it would make sense that, like, you would have a ge- bigger genealogy.
1: Okay. That's an interesting breeding process. Just breeding presidents for <laughs> decades. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jeez. Uh. I mean, say a lizard has like 40 eggs in its lifetime. That's 40 presidents. <laughs> it's specific. I mean, we're like, we're what, like 46 or something in? So, yeah. like, all the presidents won back. The almighty
1: orange peel Donald Trump was probably a part of that process, yeah. too. He was one of the. Yeah, I can't say that.
0: So, actually, funny thing is, Trump and Hillary are 19th cousins. Oh, as it would be. Yeah. yeah so it's really a family, of feud for this <laughs> last election. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know how lizards fight. Maybe they're like, pss, like Jurassic Park, like oh, yeah. spitting stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I think. In closed doors, they really just take off their masks and they're just lizard heads going at it. That's my twist. Okay. But like, I don't have any evidence of that. But it's definitely true. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, of de- it's definitely a fact. So like
1: ways to spot a lizard person perfect this is what i was waiting for yeah so drink human blood more so or less so than i already do
0: bro i mean like probably like twofold from what you already do like i don't know how many gallons you drink like a week or a month yeah i mean at least a pint okay um these are like the really easy ways they have forked tongues scales and they lay eggs I mean, but you're not like shitting out eggs like in your bed. Like you're like, hey, let me go just drop some eggs in the bathroom. Yeah. At a party. But like other ones that are kind of like obscure. They have red hair. Oh, the gingers. All gingers are redheads. All gingers are lizards. (laughs) (laughs) They have keen eyesight or hearing. So you're definitely not a lizard.
1: Perfect. I knew I was safe.
0: Low blood pressure. So if they're in shape, they're doing all right. They're probably a lizard. Okay. Yeah. They love space and science. So all of our scientists are lizards. Okay. And it would make sense that they do all this research to kind of cover up. And they're kind of this elite group that hold all the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, scientists they have green or hazel eyes that can change color or have changed color so i could definitely be a lizard I was person cuz i used to have blue eyes and now i have hazel eyes um they they care about the well-being of the human race oh my gosh <laughs> everyone's a lizard <laughs> um They have unexplained scars on their body. I don't know how that would relate to being a lizard, but like maybe it's when they slipped on like the human flesh suit. Mm -hmm. They had to like zip it up or like scar it on. I don't know. Probably. And then um, they can (laughs) speak using telepathy. (laughs) So it's like normal traits and then telepathy. So yeah,
1: I mean like there's a lot of lizards out there, guys. How to spot a lizard person. You heard it here first. Um,
0: and then kind of why we may think that lizards are out there. Um, there was actually a 2013 st- uh, study that found that humans have a specific neuron um, in reaction that makes us kind of super super sensitive to snakes okay, or lizards. And I was curious, is that bullshit? So I looked it up and it's, the name of the actual scientific article in the National Academy of Science is Pulvinar Neurons Reveal Neurobiological Evidence of Past Selective or Selection for Rapid Detection of Snakes. So it is a scientific article that kind of looked at this neuron. And then they, there was an EKG study in 2014 that kind of said the same thing.
1: Proving human sensitivity to snakes. Yeah. And reptiles.
0: I think it was specifically snakes, but I, I, I'd assume that that kind of translates to uh, reptile people.
1: Okay, so what would that look like practically? So, should I get the goosebumps every time I walk by a lizard person? Um,
0: No, it's it's easier to spot, and you. So I think it was a specific light up of whatever hemisphere in the brain when seeing snakes. Mm. So your brain reacts quicker with these pulvinar neurons. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, that's why I always see lizard people everywhere. I'm like... Yeah. Pisses me off? Lizard. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) why I hate him. I mean, how else do you villainize people? Lizards. Of course. Yeah, they're an easy group to hate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking scaly bastards. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: man. Lizard people. That's good stuff. So are you
0: more or less convinced... That lizards exist. Absolutely convinced. Yeah, I mean, I the thing that blew my mind about this one was the Obama shit. That's crazy. It was like, hey, he's related to like a bunch of other white presidents. Yeah, but I think his mom, I, I'm gonna totally but I'm not gonna butcher his genealogy, but I think his grandpa was from Kenya and like his mom was from like Kentucky or something like that.
1: That sounds about right. Yeah,
0: I think it was something like that. Um, but yeah, it's genealogy and ancestry is crazy but it's it's entertaining to think that all presidents are related and because of that they all come from eggs well, <laughs> like, the, the really sad thing though ago.
1: is that whether it was related to um, what do they call uh for in football players that Hernandez had oh yeah I don't ct have... or um, cte cte yeah whether it's caused by cte for that soccer player or football player if you will uh I don't know. But you got to imagine that person just was going absolutely crazy in his room or wherever he was in this bunker, just like writing furiously <laughs> about lizard people and connecting the dots that don't exist. Yeah. That these people, these things, these creatures are actually among us. Like, that's insanity. That guy needs to be admitted somewhere. <laughs> well,
0: the entertaining thing is um, humans, be, we to process a bunch of different data... We like to ascribe patterns to data that doesn't actually have patterns. Mm. Like, it's just a way for us to process everything. So, like, the reason we do stereotypes is generally because we can't give attributes to everyone that we see as we pass them. Because we pass, say, you're walking through New York, you pass thousands of people. Yeah. Right. And you can't individually understand each person's traits and individual characters. So, we ascribe, hey, I see these traits. Here's my knowledge of these traits, and then this everyone, is what I'm applying. Everyone yeah. fits in this box. So, like, stereotypes exist because there's generally a good data set of these traits generally correlate with this, whether it's caused or whatever. But we just attribute that. So, like, if he's seeing all these dots and he's just like, "This has to be it." It makes sense why you'd think that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a jump to think it's lizards (laughs) yeah Uh, i would say more illuminati or like freemasons or that kind of stuff but like fuck if i know like yeah the lizards are not obviously coming to me to enlighten me because i'm still kind of skeptical but Mm -hmm. like i could see it sure like george bush i i the one that i didn't do because more time of research was like bush did 9-11 just more because that's what we put our gamer tag on Smash. Yeah, <laughs> but like that kind of stuff. It makes sense if he was a lizard. Maybe he would. We would want to internalize as a country to kind of get that national hype up, mm-hmm. so that we give more power to the government through the Patriot Act, and thus the government has, or the lizard people have, more ability to spy on us and tap our phones and that shit. I psh,
1: fuck. I'm convincing myself. Dude, I'm shaking over here. <laughs> what? Dude, I can only get so wrecked. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so what about this, uh, this Persian Gulf War announcement? Is that a separate conspiracy theory? Yeah, so
0: that's about the Illuminati.
1: Okay, so uh, fascinating stuff about the, the lizard people. I hope all of you found that entertaining. I certainly <laughs> did not know half of those facts. Yeah. So good stuff. Good. What do we got uh, on so deck, the, the
0: next one <coughs> is kind of a list of attributes attributed to the Denver airport. That mean it's a hub of, like, satanic and, like, Illuminati-type power. What do you know about this? You've been to the Denver airport. I have been to the Denver airport,
1: like, (laughs) three times at least. Yeah. Four times. Were Uh, you
0: sucked into the pits of
1: hell? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I mean, your
1: personality has shifted since you've been there. Dramatically, yeah. yeah. Uh, No, I have not heard anything about this. Okay, so this one's kind of a weird one. Um Oh, yeah? It, by the name of it, I would never... <laughs> it seemed normal
0: at yeah. first, but, like, yeah. So, Denver Airport, originally, um, it was pushed back in its construction by about 16 months. It was a lot of delay to that project's construction. And they actually went over budget by $2 billion. So, Whoa. Yeah. A total project cost of four point eight. So, like, they close to doubled their original... Kind of projection on costs And kind of, these are eight, this one's kind of hard to go through, but there's kind of eight different attributes that they're kind of saying are happening. Okay. So the first one, below the airport, is an underground bunker for the global elite. So a lot of these are about the construction of, um, under the airport, there's these giant vast tunnels, and it's all for like post-apocalyptic the global elites, celebrities, people in power, to kind of shelter themselves. And the only thing that I could find that actually would Validate. give credence to this would be there was a construction wor- worker who was building the airport that said they built a five-story building underneath the airport. Oh. No. And they just had miles of winding tunnels. Really? Yeah. Um, and whether that was used for the train system <laughs> or it was used for nefarious purposes, post nuclear holocaust remains to be seen. Yeah. I mean, like either or, like, I think they're both valid. Huh? Yeah. So so w-
1: w- is this just some Joe Schmo? Is this guy been no, he's on a, record he's an actual this? worker
0: who worked on the tunnels below um, the airport? I mean, so there aren't tunnels for tram systems and stuff. Um, and for baggage underneath to get to the different places that terminals. the terminals are. Yeah, terminals. Um, but he's saying that it went down a lot deeper.
1: Did that, anyone corroborate this with any other workers? Was this like the lone construction worker? I mean, I think you probably got killed. Okay. Sure <laughs> yeah.
0: I'd assume outing an entire, like, global people in power yeah. would get you killed. Huh. So that's a thing. Um, second one I kind of already uh, talked about, it's a vast network of New World Order bunkers, which kind of goes into the New World Order or the Illuminati, which is they're kind of rebranding the Illuminati as the New World Order, which is kind of where that will eventually come in two conspiracies down the road. So, yeah, apparently the New World Order, which is more just more powerful people solidifying themselves an area for safety.
1: Okay, so let's go back to the construction of this. When was this built, and who would have been... Oh, God, I didn't write down the date. Um, well, I'm just curious, like, who was greenlighting this to say this needs to happen in case of X, Y, and Z?
0: Oh, so, okay, I do actually have a date.
1: Um, it was 1994. So that so was Bush's was pretty am- recent, yeah. administration. No, it was
0: Clinton. Clinton was the 90s. 90? No, I mean, the early 90s was... Bush Sr.? Yeah. When was Clinton, then? Clinton I was late 90s. Late 90s? Yeah. And all these.
1: Clint- I mean, they're all related, anyways. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: they're all the same. <laughs> uh,
1: presidents in the nineties, ninety-three to two
0: thousand four. I guess it would be. God, he was born during. He's a boomer.
1: A lot of dead air here, folks. Yes, President
0: of the United States, nineteen ninety-three to two thousand one. Was Clinton? Yeah. Which would be like 2000, or 94. So it was actually dedicated on March 19th,
1: 1994. Okay, so it would have been Clinton.
0: Yeah, it would have been Clinton. Which would make sense if he is a lizard person in the Illuminati. Absolutely. So, I mean, all these kind of grand people in power kind of rule and they want this new... A global government mm-hmm. all the conspiracies seem to run together yeah so that's why like lizard people are a subsect of the illuminati or yeah New that World makes Warcraft. sense yeah <laughs> does it though <laughs> no it does not does <laughs> it doesn't. oh yeah, yeah yeah totally good um <laughs>
1: so back to the denver airport. yeah so
0: back to the denver airport the third one is there are FEMA concentration camps for future projects down there. So more bunkers that they want to like... I don't know who they're concentration camping, but there's areas down there for that.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, but that goes along with the same like, hey, they built all this extra space.
1: So really these different reasons are just what they're used for.
0: Yeah, specifically. So then yeah. the next one is kind of a monument. There's this giant Mustang statue... Out front, I don't know if you saw it when you were there.
1: Like the animal or the car?
0: Like a horse, like okay. a Mustang. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, Ford Mustang. Just punched the hell out of it. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> no, it's this giant Mustang um, statue that's like 32 feet tall, and so it's at, like a Trojan horse type thing. Yeah, so it actually represents. Or it represents, in air quotes, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, good Lord. And death. Because this, from what I've seen, or from my inside information.
1: <laughs> from when I took a tour in my eighth grade class. Yeah, it's
0: actually a port of the hell yeah. down there. So, um, at night, it actually, the eyes of the horse glow red. And that is true. And to make it less, co- I mean, one, they also nicknamed it Blucifer. Because it's a blue horse. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) For Lucifer in blue. Um, And then it also killed its sculptor. The statue did. Uh, And I was curious. I'm like, that's, once again, bullshit. So I looked. And Lucifer, his name is Luis Jimenez. 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 Jimenez? Them and their J's. Uh, got crushed by one of the three pieces that make up this 32-foot horse statue while it was being transported from his home where he made it to the airport. So he did get crushed to death by like a third of this horse, Lucifer.
1: So is it—I'm confused now. So is this a real person? His obituary is out there?
0: Yeah, like, yeah, if you go to how he died—
1: Lucifer's existence underneath the Denver Airport is that what we're? No, heading? he's on
0: top. Like he, when you drive into Denver Airport, he's Lucifer. He's just
1: there. He's, oh, g- I don't Google Lucifer. I, Blucifer, I bro. must have missed that when I flew into the Denver Airport. <laughs> I was
0: specifically looking for blue devil horses. Yeah.
1: Oh, Lucifer! Google answered it for me before. Blue oh. Mustang. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Artist, Luis Jimenez. Yeah, wow, okay.
0: He did get crushed to death. I mean, so because those two facts are true, there is a horse and he did die. It is an apocalyptic (laughs) horse.
1: Known to locals by the nickname Blucifer is a cast uh, fiberglass sculpture of a Mustang located at Denver International Airport. Colored bright blue with illuminated glowing red eyes. It is noble both for its striking appearance and for having killed its creator, Luis Jimenez, when a section of it fell on him at his studio.
0: Yeah. He is one, the horseman of death, readying the apocalypse. All right. So, yeah, that's a fact. So on the dedication stone, um, so in the airport, when you go in there, there's a dedication stone for when the project was completed. On March 19th, 1994, there is actually the Freemasons logo on this dedication stone. And, to make it creepier, because it's all a conspiracy, the numbers of March 19, 1994 is it adds up to 33, which is the highest level of the Freemason kind of uh, hierarchy. Okay. Which makes the airport ranked Grand Sovereign Inspector General. What does so that mean? That's the level 33 name like your rank like the highest. So it was dedicated it's probably headed by the highest member of the Freemasons. The that they know or constructed or put this 2 billion dollars into making these bunkers and things
1: okay so this is what we got to do my uncle is a part of the freemasons that's what yeah lauren was saying like oh yeah rusty knows about the freemasons because he's got relatives in it yeah so my uncle is and he's been trying to get my dad to join for years i think that guy wears his freemason ring more than he wears his wedding ring it, i mean it's more important it is yeah so i'm wondering if we need to have like a little uh I, I mean for what I was initiation seeing, thing you and I need to join <laughs> we have to kill a guy we need to get down to business we need to find out what Lucifer's been up to
0: well it was only like um, I think you had to be over 18 I think you had to be a guy but if you had relatives in it you could be under 18 with like special permission but like some of these names you're like Am I in an Assassin's Creed game? Like, these are some bullshit names. Well, the
1: Freemasons, like, date back to, like, ancient Templars.
0: Yeah, so, like, it's all under the Blue Lodge, and there's, like, a, a Scottish and a York, right? So, like, you have the level one, which is Entered Apprentice. Then you got Fellow Craft, and then Master Mason. Master Mason's already level three out of 33. So, like, how good is Master Mason? Pretty weak. Yeah, it's bullshit sauce. So then you got secret master, perfect master, <laughs> confidential secretary. I feel like you dropped ranks at that point. Yeah. You went from like a master, a perfect master to like desk job. <laughs> Jeez. And then you go, um, provost and judge. And then, um, intendant of building. <laughs>
1: Well, I gotta I gotta reach out to my you uncle because I'm nine. not sure how much he's able to talk about. But I wonder if he can at least tell me what his rank is. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's really important. Mm-hmm. Well, I just gotta yeah wonder. Okay, the Freemasons—they're just a mysterious group of people, right? Yeah. There's 30 levels. We don't know how they rank. They don't. Know, we don't know how they level up. <laughs> is it before, get a fire flower for every five attendance points you get? You level up? It could be like Scientology
0: where you pay a certain amount of money and then you get access to more information. Because that's how you level up in Scientology is by gifting more money. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be the case. And actually the Illuminati was started by someone who couldn't pay the dues to get into the Freemasons.
1: But I'm just wondering, because my uncle is a part of them, one, what's the frequency of their meeting and what the hell do they do every time they meet?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, if it's so secretive, like, hey, dude, you know, we launched that missile out in North Korea and killed
1: the Iranian ships, or like, it's like, did we though? <laughs> like, I wonder if I could like you just spew bullshit, and tap like, his computer, and see if like they're sending agenda, an agenda every like Monday night, like, hey, just sending an agenda in advance <laughs> yeah, of tomorrow's here's my meeting. Gmail. <laughs> yeah, I bet the Freemasons have their own email network, like apart from Google, like. Like Hillary Clinton. Like Moogle. I mean, it would
0: make sense that she's part of the Freemasons and she's a lizard person.
1: What if it's like Moogle? Like, <laughs> like off ma- brand Google? Mason <laughs> Google. And instead of like the G, it's just Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> like in the O, it's just a
0: picture of a blue horse. It's yeah, nice. Dude, we're getting (laughs) to the
1: bottom of this.
0: Dude, I think we solved the Freemasons. I think we did. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the highest ranked is, like, Ezio Editori.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The entire development team at Ubisoft Montreal. Yeah, they're the Freemasons. Ubisoft
0: is the Freemason headquarters.
1: Yeah, and that's why they're
0: doing microtransactions,
1: bro. Yeah. It's
0: because that's how they fund... Taking down the world. It is. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Buy our skins so we can take over the United States.
1: Oh my gosh! Is what? Uh, what, that has to be true. Like I think if, so. Yeah, I don't see. We that any talked about it, which makes it fact. <laughs> 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 That's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fuck evidence. How many uh, more Denver Airport conspiracies do we have? Wait, give it a few more. I mean, they they tie in. So like
0: the, on the stone, it also says New World Airport Commission uh, contributors, which refers potentially to the New World Order, which ties into the Illuminati and Freemasons itself. Um, I don't know if the Freemasons, because that's not one of the ones I looked up, if they're part of the New World Order, or if that's what they mar- morphed into. But that's what kind of the Illuminati went from the Illuminati to this New World Order,
1: the global government. Um, I read on a fortune cookie once that they're actually the marketing agency for the New World Order. Oh, okay. So, they're just kind of like an umbrella company. Exactly, Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah. I mean, they're part of the Illuminati. Um, And then there's some weird shit. Like, it's not really conspiracy, but, like, it exists. So, I'm going to talk about it. Um, There's a bunch of, like, four different murals in the Denver airport. And, like, some of them have, like, dead people in coffins... One has, like, dedicated to, like, a girl who died in Auschwitz with, like, a person like, Nazi uniforms. What? And it's, like... And they're like, other one's happy. And, like, everyone's, like, yeah. And there's, like, a dead corpse of a Nazi. And you're, like, the fuck am I doing going through terminals, like, looking at dead people? <laughs> Those <laughs> are,
1: mu- like, actual murals in yeah. airport?
0: I-, I don't know if you missed that. But, like, the funny thing about all of this conspiracy theory is... And I think this is brilliant on the terms of like marketing. Is the Denver Airport actually like fully embrace this? So all of their like, hey, we're doing these like new like um new builds or whatever here. Like they have aliens and like crazy shit all over their posters because they're like fully embracing it. And like some of the people who actually do um. Like work there have alien heads, like, so, <laughs> so it's like put... a tourist attraction, basically. Almost they yeah. like they've turned it into something like they're something
1: like... like goofy thing that people ascribe to. So yeah, they're, they're like oh, yeah, some people believe this. We're to like... get more traffic here, so yeah,
0: no, I think it's hilarious. Wow, so yeah, that's a thing. So next time anyone's in Denver Airport, please prepare yourselves because you're you might be sucked into a portal of hell. Blucifer might impale you, or. It could just be a fun joyride through a <laughs> Splash Mountain of Nazis. <laughs> I don't know. Either Oh uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the next one. I mean,
1: are you done with the Denver airport? I think
0: I've had enough.
1: Okay. <laughs> Please stop. I just booked two flights for Lauren and I next yeah, summer.
0: Yeah, I'm going to explore the underground concentration camps. So, the Illuminati. Um, it was started in Germany by Adam Weishaupt. I think That's he's a German and that um, sounds German enough. And he was a French professor who um, he formed, or it was basically all formed because he wanted to get into the Illuminati or fuck the Freemasons. The Freemasons, yeah. yeah. But he couldn't afford the fee to get in because every secret society has a fee. So he's like, fuck it, I'll make my own group. So he makes the uh, Illuminati. And it started out as like an anti-religious group, and their goals were self-knowledge, self-improvement, social reform, and free thought, which... Those are the three
1: cons- pillars of the Otaku Brothers podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> conceptually, probably all good ideas, those four pillars, um, but the church was big at that point, and they're like, hey, these secret underground groups, not cool with it, we're going to ban all of their underground activity. Okay. So, they ended up moving to France. Um. And then it kind of went underground. <laughs> Excuse me. And there's a few theories on where they went. So during the 1920s, kind of racist, but it was a bunch of Jews in power. Okay. Is what they thought the Illuminati was. Post-World War II... They Wait, that,
1: that was the Illuminati's thought? Or that's what...
0: People thought the Illumini, Illuminati. Illuminati was at that point in time. was just a bunch of Jews in power who okay. held a bunch of power. Gotcha. Which, I mean... Granted, at that time, a lot of people in power were Jewish, but, I mean, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's neither I mean, they're either. probably, like, lizard people. And then post-World War II, it was thought the Illuminati was made up by a bunch of communists. Mm. So we got that Red Scared kind of time period. Yep. And now it's kind of morphed, and it's the Illuminati is synonymous with the New World Order. Okay. Which, I mean, the Denver Airport clearly references this New World Order Mm -hmm. um, and the Freemasons, which was the inspiring factor. Um, So we actually have a uh, a president who, I mean, conceptually what the New World Order is is the United States, United Nations and other powerful organizations that are trying to basically make a united government Mm -hmm. and what's this, I mean, this rule of thought was made up by a random dude in Michigan. Cool. But they're trying to take American rights, uh, form a powerful government, and make non-Illuminati camps. So a lot of these conspiracies seem to talk about concentration camps. But um, there's actually a video that I had Rusty pull up where George Bush Sr. talks about him, and I this is pretty damning evidence, making a New World Order. All right, should I cue that up? let's, Let's play it.
1: We have before us the opportunity to forge, for ourselves and for future generations, a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not
0: the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations ...can use
1: its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders.
0: So, I mean, that's pretty damning. Um, He's basically saying there that we're creating this new world order... ...and it's going to be united across nations, which is that united global government. And they're going to be be able to do whatever the fuck they want. And it just happens to be taking rights away specifically from Americans... And uh, putting everyone else in concentration games. <laughs> okay. Well, don't tread
1: on us, apparently.
0: Yeah, so there's a few th- school of thoughts. So that's the first one by some random dude in Michigan. Um, the second one um, is that the New World Order is actually a front for lizard people. Oh. So we, we have a tie-in of the two kind of conspiracies that the lizard people came here, and then they actually helped grow this Illuminati.
1: Okay. They were recruited.
0: Yeah. And then they helped grow it and now every president's related, including Bush Sr., mm-hmm. who is talking about implementing this new world order. What are your thoughts, Rusty? Do you think it's
1: plausible? Certainly. I mean I, I think, you know, President Bush Senior probably just gave the uh, the Ewoks on the, the Moon Endor call and said, <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you just send over your neighboring cousins? The, the lizard lizards. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they hopped on some uh, at
0: and... I mean, I could... I mean, Gnotians are kind of like bug people. Oh. But, may, I mean, you don't know how furry these lizards are. Maybe they use the fur over their scales to hide it. Like, yeah. That's where you get, like, Italians <laughs> who are really furry people. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It is, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Um, who knows? Maybe there's a... Like, maybe Star Wars is real and George Lucas actually had an acid trip to get into that mindset. Like, Joe Rogan's actually talking about consistently with his peyotes or whatever the bullshit he's doing. When he's taking those meth and crocodile. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if that's... He takes a lot of supplements. Yeah, I don't know if that's... Yeah, supplements from Mm -hmm. GNC. (laughs) I, I don't know if that's slander at this point, but he does crocodile. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, maybe Star Wars is real and uh I can finally meet Rose Teeka
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's Ryan's ult- my life. ultimate goal in
0: life. Uh so I guess the next school of thought with Illuminati is uh Pat Robertson. Robertson. He's actually a um was it televangelist. He has some thoughts on the Illuminati. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's actually worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. Um he says that the group is a bunch of Satanists that caused the French Revolution, um, the Communist Manifesto and the Federal Reserve. <laughs> I think the one that throws me off that makes me and basically There's so such every- a
1: strong correlation between the French Revolution <laughs> and the Federal Reserve. Yeah, I'm like it goes from like bad thing, bad
0: thing to like securing monetary policy <laughs> to like fuck those guys. They're Satanists. So, yeah, so like everyone who was in the French Revolution, the communist, and who works at the Federal Reserve are all working to push Lucifer's agenda. But that's his take. <laughs> I mean, he just, I don't know.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: You can really say anything if you're on TV. It seems like someone's going to believe you. Yeah. Um, the next school of thought for the Illuminati's current presence is that the Illuminati. Um, Because celebrities have such a big, uh, I guess, umbrella uh, influence because their opinions matter and we should give a shit what Kanye West thinks or like a Katy Perry thinks. I mean, especially Orlando Bloom because he's fucking, he speaks for the elves. (laughs) But, (laughs) But what really happened is the celebrities were replaced by clones and they're now trying to brainwash society. And I think that's probably factual. But like the 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 videos that I was seeing, they're like trying to back this up with evidence. There was like a, a video of Eminem on ESPN where he just he fucking short circuited, and he's just like staring up. And it's just like like celebrities who are just like bobbing their heads back and forth. You're like, I don't know if he's like high as fuck. Or if he, is this is a real thing, yeah. Look at Eminem on like an ESPN, like just zoning out, and they're like, "His clone. Maybe he was deficient. Maybe he was part of the first batch of clones on Camino." But like, I don't know if you've have you seen that? Is it coming up with anything? Yeah, it's like a three minute thing. <laughs> okay, what's the name of the video so people can Google?
1: Eminem's it? ESPN interview is really awkward. <laughs>
0: Just look at him. He's short-circuiting. I mean, Eminem, he may be a rap god, but he's definitely a clone. Mm -hmm. And like another rapper or supposed musician, um, Kanye West, he actually has um, a necklace that has the Eye of Horus on it, which is another apparent Illuminati symbol, and that kind of gets into the eye, Mm. which people generally associate with.
1: The National Treasure movies. Yeah, I mean,
0: Nicolas Cage is probably the leader of the Illuminati. He has to be. And I mean, he's Ghost Rider, so he, which means he's working for Lucifer, like legit in his origin story. As he
1: rides Lucifer into the sun. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, Lucifer. Maybe the bike was a Mustang. Holy. Fuck. Like, <laughs> we holy, do- we're just dude. Boof! I feel like I'm seeing behind the wall or, were or the ri- curtain.
1: Or we're writing the next Hollywood blockbuster film. Yeah, I mean either or. I mean like we there's a world order
0: trying to take over from Bush and Nicolas Cage, or I mean it's a movie. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. So like the eye is generally what people associate with like the Illuminati, the eyes watching that pyramid. Like you look at the back of a dollar. Yeah, it's on everything. Yeah. I mean, like, it's what they're saying it is it's called the Eye of Prom or Providence, and they're saying it's the ever-watchful eye of the government. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's part of the New World Order. And they're symbols. I googled that shit (laughs) for like a second. And what it actually is, is not that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So it's the first time we see that symbol is actually during the Renaissance. Um, And what it represents is the all-seeing eye of God. The triangle itself is the three points of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Ghost. And then it was first seen in a... Painting in 1525, um, Supper of Amenas. Okay. Can't speak those Greek names. And uh, there's 13 steps to that second part of the pyramid. And that actually represents the... um, The pyramid itself is for strength, but the 13 steps for the original 13 colonies.
1: Interesting.
0: Which I thought was really interesting and probably a conspiracy... How they're trying to cover up that it's actually the eye of the L. C. government? <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. The most things with the things that have the most facts have the most to hide. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please <laughs> destroy that logic.
1: Mm-hmm. Take a sip of that coffee. Yeah,
0: the more you can prove, the less you know. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scooby's Scooby agrees. Growling at a FedEx. So, do we want to move into the last one? Let's do it. All right, so we can't have conspiracies without Area 51.
1: Hell yes. My favorite one of them all.
0: Yeah, so I actually didn't really know much about Area 51. I mean, I knew that I was supposed to Naruto run into it a while back, but I, I've, I've never really gotten how Naruto ones speed you up, like put your arms behind <clears throat> you. Are you supposed to be like a jet? Or like <laughs> the <laughs> fuck does that work? I
1: don't, like, know.
0: I don't know why Like in most animes that makes sense. How? How does anime does make Does one sense? punch man Naruto run? No. He does normal jogging form. Yeah. And he one punches stuff. <laughs> He's a powerful bro. Okay, so I have six conspiracies. Um, the first one is there was an extraterrestrial spaceship that was crashed in Roswell, and then it was transported to Area 51. So what do you know about Area 51?
1: Uh, I always get on this rabbit hole um, when I refresh my, my memory about it. I know Bob Lazar reportedly worked uh, in one of the facilities. And so when I've done research about that, I've listened to documentaries about him and read some things on Wikipedia. And from what I understand, he worked in one of those facilities. I don't think it was exactly Area 51. No, it was S4. S- yes, it was S4. and It was an offshoot of that. And he went into this facility and it was almost a warehouse of sorts where he saw all of these different aircrafts kind of set up shop. And reportedly, supposedly, he went into one of them. And it was almost as if it was a science project where someone took a a bunch of – like an eighth grader constructed this very simple aircraft because when he went in, there was kind of just this circular device thing in the middle of it. And that was it. There was no like terminal with a bunch of buttons. It just was super simple. Yeah. And so yeah, he was able to see some of these different aircrafts, but whether no one ever corroborated what he was saying. They said he was a crazy person. He never worked there, from my understanding.
0: Yeah, I a lot of these refer to him, or from what I was reading, but he sounds like he's a nut job.
1: Yeah, he sounds crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, as far as like the first uses of area 51 from what I was reading was basically, it was like the 1950s and it was, I mean, we're ramping up the cold war and we wanted a way to spy on, um, the Soviets to see what their nuclear capacity was. Um, so that air or without kind of low flying jets. Mm -hmm. Um, so what we were trying to develop was a spaceship or, a a jet that was able to fly at high altitudes, and I think it was the C two. Um, I'm going off memory because I didn't write that down. Apparently, because I'm a tool. Um, so it was the U U two. That's what it was. U two, which could fly at sixty thousand feet, mm-hmm. and people said they there's like they're spotting these unidentified flying objects. Because normal jets fly at like ten to 20,000 feet at the time, and then like military was 40,000 feet, and these were up 60,000 feet. So they're like, what is that blot in the sky? It's a UFO. It has to be. So the first conspiracy is that there was an extraterrestrial um, spaceship in Roswell that crashed in Roswell, and then it was transported to Area 51. Mm-hmm. And this was basically... All started because this farmer was like, "Yo, what's this crash in this field?" in 1953. So at uh, three years after this, kind of started moving their shit mm-hmm. to um, Area 51, and he found this crash, and he ended up bringing back some of these like spaceship parts to his house, and then he, the media, kind of got a hold of it after he's like, "Hey, like I've, I found a spaceship," and then he. Um, people, the government caught wind of it because he's kind of outside kind of Area 51 area and the government came took all of his shit back to Area 51 and told him to shut the fuck up he didn't and he was basically like aliens are everywhere and it kind of snowballed after that
1: yeah there's a couple of pieces to this that I believe and I don't believe in terms of the whole alien thing do I believe there's other life forms out there absolutely 1000% yeah but specific, specifically in honing in on Area 51, is it strange that the government would quickly take it and say, shut up? Yeah, that's weird. However, if you're looking at the time yeah. and that it was supposed to be kind of a military test facility, it would make sense because they wouldn't want the Soviets to know that they have this secret test facility where they're kind of almost plotting against us. Yeah,
0: contextually, it makes a ton of sense because what they ended up going back and in- I think there was a lot of disclosure or declassification in like the 1990s, Mm -hmm. I think is when they first like mentioned Area 51. And they basically said that that original crash was called Project Mongol, which was this like balloon or like a space balloon, essentially, which you'd get. I'd understand where you're seeing the roundness of like saucers and stuff, Mm -hmm. because from the ground, you just see a circle. Yeah. Um, That crashed because it was just a failure. And that's why they brought it back, because it was meant to spy on the Soviets. So, yeah. yeah. But it kind of sm- 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 wow snowballed after that. But there could be aliens. A- another key part of that story is he also saw charred bodies, kind of like Luke seeing his parents. Like at the crash site, he saw like charred bodies. Yeah. Like weird shaped people. When did Luke see char- his parents charred bodies? Episode 4, when his uncle and aunt...
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah,
0: so like picture that, except like at the crash site of this spaceship.
1: Well, that would make sense to a certain degree, because if there were humans flying, which I, I assume there were...
0: It was actually crash dummies, so that's why they didn't look humanoid. They were actually charred remains of like human test dummies. Oh, that, that like even.
1: malfunctioned. That would make even more sense, though. So
0: you'd see like where they're like rounder heads and like weirder. I mean, green Martians that are short and have round heads and kind of look humanoid.
1: That's probably like a telephone thing, through. Same thing with car companies that, you know, do crash tests. Yeah. They put I those mean, like little test, stupid test dummy things in there.
0: Really, what they're doing is they're taking. Aliens out of spaceships and putting them in crash, like crash vehicles and then running them into walls to
1: more easily open up the aliens from those wrecked cars. Well, and for over 300 years, we've been housing all of these aliens in under the Denver airport in these concentration camps. Yeah. Head by FEMA. And that's why we're trying to defund FEMA,
0: because we're actually trying not to have a new alien holocaust.
1: Balls in your court, Freemasons. <laughs> yeah, get your shit together. We know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So
0: it was also. I mean, there's a lot about spaceships, like reverse engineering spaceships, um, and that goes a lot into the Bob Lazar kind of stuff um, that he saw flying saucers. That were powered by element one hundred and fifty-one or one hundred and fifteen, which is oddly specific. So I looked up element one hundred and fifteen. It's actually a like a lab-formed uh, element. Okay. So we it's synthesized. It's not naturally found. Mm-hmm. But apparently they have it in large quantities over there, and they're powering spaceships with it. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and then speaking of Denver housing, so they're actually keeping hostage a bunch of aliens in Area 51. Now, do you think
1: these aliens have since breed, or they're just, they can age differently than humans?
0: See, I don't know if they, like, how they procreate. Are they, I mean, if they're humanoid, they could just normal human procreation, or they could be, like, bacteria, and they just split themselves, or they, I mean, if they are the lizard people, they could be laying eggs, or maybe... (laughs) (laughs) They have eggs that turn into face suckers if you get close. And that's why Bob Lazar is kind of fucked up, is because he got face sucked, oh, but geez. he's waiting for his chest to pop. Wow. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> wow. <What? laughs>
1: oh my god who am I now like you, I feel you, like I'm a different person we gotta think like Ryan and I obviously we're just having fun with this but you gotta think there's some crazy ass people out there <laughs> that get in a room and they start talking maybe some of our listeners <laughs> <laughs> Bubba's our son <laughs> but yeah you gotta think there are people that get in a room and they start talking and then they maybe get a couple of drinks in have a couple doobies <laughs> and their mind just starts going off down this rabbit I, I feel hole. like you need
0: more than marijuana to believe <laughs> this shit do. you need like Coke or yeah. like
1: I don't know, what's a that's how we that's how we drug. got half the Beatles records because they got in a room, started taking some hardcore drugs. Some ecstasy. Welcome yellow submarine.
0: Yeah, some of those I mean maybe the Beatles were the initial kind of I mean like you have the British family. Paul we're
1: McCartney av- is a lizard person.
0: I could see it. Like I could see the royal family, they're like, hey, we need to replace these Beatles to corrupt America and turn them into their hippie phase mm-hmm. so we can pump them full of drugs, make them more susceptible to our mind control and our new world order. I mean, they kind of pushed back during the Vietnam War, War and Peace kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, after that... Kanye West was born.
0: Yeah, and he's definitely part of the Illuminati. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he flaunts it in his necklaces. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's definitely, with his like $700 shirts... Trying to fundraise, instead of Girl Scout cookies, he's got expensive shirts. And uh, another thing that I saw, (laughs) it was, uh, because Kanye West is obviously part of some weird fringe organization Mm -hmm. like the Illuminati, his Mm -hmm. attack on Taylor Swift at the award ceremony, where he went up and grabbed the mic and said, Hey, I'll let you talk, just hold on a minute. Beyonce deserved this or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Beyonce obviously already in the Illuminati so she was an inside on this but she had to act surprised. Oh yeah. Uh, It was actually like a hazing to get Taylor Swift in and because she reacted somewhat decently they're like okay Taylor we'll allow you to come into the Illuminati. Oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean it makes sense like hazing's a huge thing in college campuses especially like fraternities and stuff Mm -hmm. and Illuminati it's I mean it started out Freemasons which was like a giant boy band of like fucking Templars and shit and like Assassin's Creed and like the Adam's Apple or the Apple of Eden mm-hmm. and then it turned into like boys girls band so like you got a co-ed fraternity and now you got Kanye West kind of leading the charge recruiting recruiting along with George Bush Can you George. I mean like it would make sense why they would send as their ambassador Kanye West to the White House to talk to Trump about like Fucking that fifteen-minute monologue, of whatever <laughs> it was. I mean, but it would make sense. Like, what he's probably doing is overloading his victim with information, mm-hmm. so to the point where they come more complicit. And they're like, "Yeah, okay, okay, okay." And s- sublimity, like in the back of his mind, in his subconscious, he's probably like, "Oh, his thoughts are actually pretty good. Like, maybe it would be better if I was replaced by a clone, <laughs> and or if not, turned into a lizard person." like my ancestors or Hillary Clinton, my distant cousin. (laughs) I mean, it all makes sense and it's becoming more clear. And I think it's scary that we're going to release this podcast on platforms because this information will get out there and people will find us and they'll know Rusty R.E. Lewis, 2011, which doesn't really hide much. Yeah. And Ryan, I hide more than you do. (laughs) Know the truth. And it's terrifying. I, I mean, like, I'm surprised your dog is not, like, fucking beaconing through his tail, which is an antennae, yeah. this information <laughs> through the audio waves.
1: Listen, when this podcast goes live, I imagine when I walk outside my door, someone's just going to snipe me.
0: No, they're not. They're going to bag you up because you know the truth. You've been enlightened. So... You need to speak to Xenu.
1: Okay.
0: Climb the ladder. <laughs> And open your mind to the truth.
1: I'm ready. My body is oh, yeah. ready, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finger me, aliens. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow.
0: We, are, we can stop there. We um, probably should stop over ahead.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating stuff. I mean, I said it once, I'll say it again. People have to come up with this stuff, you know? Yeah. And people spend their whole lives documenting and coming up with theories and they devote themselves to this shit
0: i mean it would make sense especially if you think there is a new world order that's trying to take over yeah like with hidden sleeve human like lizard hybrids it's still wild to me yeah and i mean like it makes sense there's a lot of information and facts to back it all up
1: oh yeah very factual evidence this will be a yeah. textbooks Within a decade. I mean, I'm surprised my
0: professors in college hid this information from me. Um, well, but it like would
1: make sense, it, I think. It does, but I also feel like the tuition costs were a little inflated because I didn't get the truth.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah.
1: Maybe we should have gone to a private college <laughs> opposed to a
0: public state college. I mean, instead of like fifteen or twenty thousand dollars a year. Maybe if the total cost was closer to like 160, dollars maybe that would have covered the Freemason buy-in. Yeah, potentially,
1: because we pay more for the source of truth, Ryan. And that's how cults are born.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's where Scientology came from.
1: Well, uh, thankfully, or, or maybe not so much for all of you fine people out there, this is part one of two of our Conspiracy Theory episode. Ryan has more up his sleeve that are... More out there than the ones we spoke about today. With less evidence, which make them more fun. Exactly. (laughs) And more truthful. (laughs) And I have uh, one conspiracy theory up my sleeve. It's not necessarily a conspiracy theory. It's a a factual, documented event that happened, but trying to understand what caused it. So we'll get to that eventually in the next episode. It won't be next week because Ryan and I are going to be spending most of our time talking about the PlayStation 5 reveal next week. Yeah. The future of gaming. Should be really interesting. But thank you all for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. little call out here to the listeners, or maybe an ask of you guys. If you want to consider writing in to Podcast at gmail.com, please send us the hype train. What are you looking forward to in this reveal next week? And what would cause you to buy a PlayStation 5 day one? What games do you need to be revealed for you to buy in we'd love to hear from you about that specifically or if you have other questions or suggestions for the show maybe you have a conspiracy theory of your own
0: yeah i'd I'd be curious to hear what you guys think or like what conspiracy theories have validity to them
1: yeah either get in on the discord link in the show notes or write us an email we would love to hear from you either written or send us an audio question we love those those are always good times But thank you so much for listening. Again, just um, thanking everyone in the Discord for getting in there and talking a bunch. A lot of good discussion. So I would just encourage everyone that listens to this podcast, just click the link in in the the show notes. It'll automatically add you to our Discord server. It's really good times. Ryan, I want to thank you for putting together the show notes of this episode and the Conspiracy Theories. I think it was uh, a success. Really good times. A lot of good laughs. But uh, any parting words to the listeners? Don't be a sheep join the new world order (laughs) you heard it here first folks join the new world order join us and as we form the new world order here on otaku bros with lucifer we'll see you next week see ya